Now for our story. It was early evening. Lisa Fenner, Paul Carmel's friend, sat alone in the living room of the house Kip Mead had rented at Malibu Beach. The windows were open, and she could hear the waves breaking on the beach below as she sat there in the growing darkness. Listening to that sound, Lisa had a feeling of harmony with the endless cycle of life, the continuity of it. She was thinking of a child who would be born in a few weeks, and of Paul Cromwell. She no longer felt worried about her child's future, now that Paul had come into her life. In a mood of happiness and contentment, she went happiness and contentment, she went on to think of Kip, too. At first, she'd been inclined to... Then when she'd understood how things were, her, her attitude had changed. She owed Kit a lot. She'd been a good friend. Sitting there by the window, with a classic figure outlined against the dark blue of the evening sky, Lisa was a picture of quiet peace. Mrs. Kingsley, the housekeeper, paused silently in the doorway for a moment to take his place. Uh, excuse me, Miss Bennett. Oh, oh, Mrs. Kingsley. I didn't know you were there. I wondered if there's anything I could do. Shall I bring you a glass of milk? No, sir. Kit and Paul should be getting back from the movie pretty soon. Would you like me to phone and see if they're back yet? Well, maybe it is a little too early at that. We might as well wait. Mrs. Kingsley, you've known Mr. Cromwell a long time, haven't you? About six months altogether. Don't you think Paul's a fine person, Mrs. Kingsley? He's so honest and... So generous and kind. Mr. Cromwell has always been fair in his treatment of me. But I mean, don't you feel that... Well, that he's an exceptional man. Well, to tell you the truth, Miss Fenner, I've been much inclined to pass judgment on people's characters one way or the other. But as long as they treat me decently, that's all I ask. Uh-huh. Have you any children, Mrs. Kingsley? No. No, I haven't. Sometimes I regret it, too. A woman without a child is somehow incomplete, seems to me. Oh, I think so, too. I look forward to it mine. You're a brave woman, Miss Bennett. Brave? Well, why do you say that? Well, I think I understand something of your situation. Husband's deserting you at a time like this. Must be very difficult for you. Oh, I suppose it might appear that way. But actually, Mrs. Kingsley... Lance's leaving wasn't much of a shock to me. It was really a, a culmination of something that had been brewing for a long time. Of course, when we first married, it was different, but well, then there were disagreements, quarrels, and somehow all the good things we had together just got lost. I suppose you wonder why I'm telling you these things. It's just that it seems so easy to talk to you. Oh, I'm glad you feel that way. What I meant was, it seems a pity that a young woman like you should be alone as you are, with a child coming and all, especially afterwards. But you see, we're not going to be alone. We're not? No, I'm quite sure of that now. You see, this child is wanted, not only by me, but... I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Yes, Miss Bennett. I think I do. Would it surprise you very much, Mrs. Kingsley, if I told you that Mr. Cromwell and I are going to be married? Married? I didn't realize... Well, perhaps it's not exactly settled, not in so many words, that is. But sometimes two people reach a certain understanding when they just know, without even having to talk about it. Haven't you ever seen that happen? 
Frankly, Miss Fenner, I'm not sure I have. But surely you've heard of it's happening. I'm a lot older than you are, Miss Fenner. Old enough to be your mother and still have quite a few years left over. And if I've learned one thing in my life, it's usually wiser not to anticipate what someone else is thinking. Mrs. Kingsley, when I talk to you, I... I get a strange feeling that you're evading me. That there's something you'd like to tell me. Oh, no. Me. No, you mustn't think that. Really, Miss Fenner, I... I wouldn't presume to talk to you about your personal affairs. Well, if you'll excuse me, I'm rather tired. But, Mrs. Kingsley, I've had a pretty long day, Miss Fenner. So... Of course. Good night, Mrs. Kingsley. Good night. Lisa Fenner sat thinking for a moment. Her conversation with the housekeeper had disturbed her somehow. It had shaken her mood of security and trust in the future. And yet, it was all so vague. Mrs. Kingsley had really said nothing but should make her feel so uneasy. She decided to walk up to Paul Cromwell's house and see if he and Kit had returned. A breath of fresh air would do her good. Forcing her uneasy thoughts back, Lisa began walking toward Cromwell's house, where at that moment... Paul and Kit were sitting in front of the window in the living room. Well, Paul, it's been a very pleasant evening, but I should be starting home. I don't see why, Kit. It's early. Or is it that you're following Dr. Gordon's instructions to the letter? <laughs> oh, oh, no. I'm simply fulfilling the minimum requirements. Then I wish you'd stay a while, if it won't tire you too much. Seems days since I've had a chance to talk to you alone. There's always this jolly little threesome. You and me and Lisa. Always Lisa. Oh, why, Paul. <laughs> what a way to talk. Oh, it isn't that I don't like Lisa. She's a sweet little thing, but I... I must confess I'm worried. I, I wouldn't worry too much, Paul. It's quite likely that everything will turn out for the best. I wish I were as sure of that as you seem to be. If you'd only tell me what plan you have in mind, I... I can't tell you yet, Paul. It's still a little vague. And I don't want to raise your hopes, because it's just possible that it may not work. No? You think not? Now, don't be upset. I simply mean that if it doesn't, you may find that this is more than a, a little game you're playing with Lisa. Oh, believe me, Kim. I'm far from thinking of it as a game. I'm really concerned for Lisa's sake almost as much as... As much as what, Paul? Well, I... Almost as much as I'm concerned about what happens to you. Tell me, Kit. Why on earth did you pretend you were happy with Bill? If you'd only given me the truth of that situation long ago, before this thing with Lisa got so confused. I'm sorry, Paul. I, I don't know quite why I didn't. Just one of those things one hates to admit, I guess. A sort of confession of defeat. I've wondered about it. Frankly, kid, it was a little hard for me to believe that you were ecstatically happy with me. Knowing you, I couldn't help but feeling that Bill might be, well, just a bit on the dull side. Not quite your sort. <laughs> you think you're my sort, Paul? Didn't you think so once, too? In New York? Or have you forgotten? No, Paul. I haven't forgotten. 
I sometimes wonder how much you recall of those days in New York, Kit. I suppose they seem very far away to you now. Not so far away as you might think. Thank you for that. Kit, darling. Do you remember? Do you remember how I used to hold your face in my hand? Like this. And you'd look up at me. Just as now. I'd say, Kit, I love you with all my heart. Of course I remember, Paul. It doesn't seem so long ago. Then, do you think you might think of the future? In terms of the past? I don't know. But possibly, perhaps. Who knows? At that moment, Lisa Fenner came across the porch. Glancing instinctively toward the lighted window, she saw Paul leaning tenderly toward Kit, her chin cupped in his hands. For a moment, it seemed that Lisa's heart stopped beating. In that first shock, all her hopes and dreams went crashing. She turned and fled blindly back to the other house. She tried to reason with herself. Sometimes an innocent gesture can be misunderstood. She reminded herself that Kit was her friend. But the doubts which she had tried to brush aside came back more strongly. Perhaps, after all, Mrs. Kingsley had been trying to tell her something. To warn her. Lisa determined to find out once and for all what Kit's intentions really were. And how they affected her relationship with Paul Carmel. <laughs> 